Hello, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast, where we want everyone to find humor in their mistakes. I'm your host, Justin McNeil. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old listener, well, welcome back. Look, guys, this has been a phenomenal week. Just a, a week of creativity, a week of getting things done. I've actually started writing comedy, and I know that may be confusing, but I used to just get on stage and rift, and I used to do 10-minute sets without ever have actually written a joke. I started writing this week, or actually last week, and my comedy has improved exponentially. Who knew? Who knew writing down jokes would help you memorize them better? I never knew that. Life is about growth, though. Don't judge me. Honestly, this is all Lil Wayne and Jay-Z's fault because they used to brag about never writing their lyrics down. So I always wanted to be that comedian that was on SNL or some late night talk show. And the host is like, well, tell me about your creative process. How do you write your jokes? And I'm like, write? I don't even know I'm a comedian. Am I on stage right now? Write? Every word I say is a punchline. Our guest for this week is my friend and fellow comedian, Will Papora. It's a great episode and he's a great guest because he was at a point in his life when he was very unhappy and he talks about his process for taking steps to change ultimately what he was doing and create his own happiness. And I think that's very important and something we can all learn from is putting our own happiness first. Another reason why I really love this episode is during the podcast, both of us have a point where we have self-doubts and talk about whether this very podcast is going well. The reason I think that it's important is because little mistakers, I never want y'all to get it twisted. I don't ever want it to seem like everything is easy and I 100% have no doubts. The point is I have those doubts but we keep moving forward. So take a listen. I'm here with Andrew Gleazy Wilson. That's uh, two thirds, right? Yes. <laughs> nah, Andrew Gleason, what's up, man? I'm doing great. Uh, Fantastic Co-host, co-host right now. Co-hosting right now. And we're here with our guest, Will Papora. Yeah. What's cracking, Will? What's going on, guys? Uh, I want to address the elephant in the room. Just oh. I want to get it out there. Right. I found out that one of my friends supported smooth peanut butter yesterday, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, well, it was a competition, uh-huh. and you had to argue smooth versus crunchy. That's right. And you chose smooth. I chose smooth, and I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. Because it what, what it comes down to is I like a lot of things smooth in my life. Uh, most Stop things, right in fact. <laughs> I like most things smooth rather than crunchy. I mean, it's just a, a texture that I prefer. And while I, I will give you that crunchy peanut butter, um, is uh, it feels more natural in the mouth. Um, also... I, well, I mean, it just feels like it feels real, you know. It feels natural, all natural, <laughs> if you will. And 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 just me, maybe it's just my tastes. Maybe it's where I'm from or the way I was raised. But I just I prefer smooth. I I prefer I prefer a nice tongue feel. Will, how do you feel? Were you were or were you not raised by two parents that like to lick you? And oh no, I'm not a peanut. I mean, I, know about that. I, I, I read Peanuts as a child. Yeah. Um, and uh, we used to go, we used to go harvesting um, walnuts. That was the thing we used to do. But uh, really, when it came to peanuts, you know, my mom always opted for uh, for smooth in my my school lunches. You can't make uh, peanut butter and jelly with crunchy or smooth peanut butter you just can't do it i don't know maybe i need to call my mom and like find out what the issue what's the underlying issue was she raised uh a smooth was she was she smooth when she was coming up it doesn't matter andrew you can stop the family tree like you can stop the cycle damn you know 
The saying tradition isn't everything. Tradition isn't everything. The McNeils like to yell, I'm stopping that cycle. But That's if true. I found That's out true. that... I've rarely, uh, rarely heard you raise your voice. I don't. I try not to. Uh, but if I found out or was in your position and we were a smooth family, I would stop that tradition. We would crunch you all day. Think about I, your children, dog. I know. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like... It's it's similar. It's on the same level of like, do do we raise our child like with religion? Like, should we baptize this baby? Like, I know you're, I know you're Muslim because my I I picture my future life I'm Muslim. as a Muslim. As a Muslim. I, no, not at all. And and like you know, it's the same choice. You know, there are a lot of heavy options to weigh when you're when you're when you're a new parent. And I I don't know. You know what? Point taken. I'm gonna go home. And I'm gonna rethink my stance. Yeah. I didn't mean to confront you. Uh, this hey. was for a show called Debate Team that you were on. For the yeah. listeners at home, right? Oh, Debate Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we plug the venue? Yeah. It was at the Pitt Chapel Hill. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was at a show called Debate Team where Andrew had to debate peanut butter and he lost. Yeah. Hosted by Jody Oakley. Yeah. And I was on that same show and I won my debate. What did you debate? <laughs> I debated if Nicolas Cage was a good actor. What was your position? I don't know if I had a position. I didn't really prepare. <laughs> and the audience picked up on it. They liked that I came in with nothing. Okay. And they, they liked that. So you were neutral in a debate? No, no, no. I was for Nicolas Cage, but I just wasn't prepared. I feel like he has his roles that you enjoy. And I think more people started... Same thing with Nickelback, right? Everyone started saying they're horrible. And then you couldn't just sit down and enjoy some of their horribly good songs because everyone hated on them. I think the same thing with uh, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And uh, similar, similarly to Nickelback, Hootie and the Blowfish. I thought you were going to say Nichols. <laughs> similarly, Nichols. People don't like Nichols. They just hate nickel. Nickels, nickels don't get a lot of love. They don't. They don't, man. It's an underused currency. It's like, but you think the same for a hootie and a blowfish? No. <clears throat> I belched away from the mic. Hootie's cool. Like there's a there's an article out about hootie and the blowfish. How people are revisiting hootie and the blowfish, and they're like, maybe this is like one of the greatest bands ever. Hootie, Hootie, Hootie is uh Hootie helped me out a lot. He did. On on a plane. The real guy. Well, no, the not the real Hootie guy. No, no, I wish he had. I wish he had. Oh. Uh, I was there with a friend, and I wanted to make a move, and I said, "Let's listen to Hootie Let Her Cry," and we put in headphones and we listened to Hootie Let Her Cry. It was the first time I ever shared a headphone with the lady. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah. It's a very sad song. I, I pretended to be a Hootie and the Blowfish fan for her. But then I ended up enjoying the song. And maybe she did too, because maybe she was like an emo girl. She yeah. sad songs. I was like, this is not as uppity as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, Let Her Cry, I thought it was going to be like, uh, it's my party and I can cry if I want to type song. But just, yeah, like Hootie's version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Hootie, William? <laughs> How do I feel about Hootie? Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I went to like a Sam Goody, and I asked the cashier for a rock CD, and he's like, you got to get this, and he gave me Hootie and the Blowfish. He had the hot album. <laughs> yeah, he, that was his big recommendation. He's like, if you like rock, you'll love this. This is the most safest album to hand out. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy it? Are you a Hootie fan? Like yeah, I thought it was okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the pit, you are. What? No. <laughs> yeah. That's not too. That's the, <laughs> the same mistake as the last podcast. Well, no one heard it. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I I vaulted yours because at the time I was vaulting a lot of podcasts. Andrews didn't get released. Yours didn't get released. Bryce didn't get released. I was just not liking the sound of my own voice. So the people actually don't know who you are. They the little mistakers think that this is your first time being here. Let, okay. 
Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, because those podcasts got scrapped. Exactly. So they don't they don't know your past. You know. So we can revisit some stuff. Right. Um, By an elephant in the room, there was a podcast with me on it. Yeah. I didn't know how to tell people that I vaulted their stuff. Like I'd avoided I'd avoid them and be like, I don't know how to tell them that. I just threw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I wasted your time, so I apologize. So technical, oh, technical difficulties. Technical. Di- I accidentally deleted it. No, that didn't. You happen. did? No. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there technical difficulties right now? No, no. I, I'm saying uh, that, that's my go-to. Okay. It's like uh, back when I tried to start one, the true crime one. Okay. I did like 12 episodes, and people kept asking me, "When you dropping them? When you dropping them?" I was like, "Oh man, it recorded all fucked up and." It like the the whole program's messed up and just lying. I a bull face lie. That's how I got out of that. Okay. So. Will, how do you get out of things? Get out of what? If Not you, releasing podcasts. Yeah, well, if you have to tell a white lie, what do you do? Um, I usually don't lie. I'm like, I'm, I'm a pretty bad liar, so I try not to lie as much as possible. Word, that's cool. Yeah, I try not to. I try to be honest when I can, even if it means hurting myself in the process. Or hurting others. Or hurting others. Fair yes. enough. So let's talk about who are you? Like, who is, <laughs> who is Will? Like, yeah, let's, like, the people don't know who you are. Like, who are you? Describe uh, yourself. Okay, I'm five. Well, I'm, you are five foot. I'm, about five I'm, foot two. Five foot nine. Five foot, five nine. foot two. That would be like Danny DeVito. Hmm. Five foot two. I would think How I was. I was five six. I thought I was thinking you were five six. No, I'm five nine. Okay, I'm five nine. Okay, I'm feeling fine. Okay. I gained weight. I'm like 172 pounds right now. Okay. I feel disgusting. I have food issues. You do have nice legs. Thanks. <laughs> like, well, the, the t- you you were in. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sitting very provocatively right now. <laughs> this is like my basic instinct. Uh, you were in the sketch my... with short shorts on that I watched on the screen. I was like, oh, he's got nice legs because you were wearing short shorts. That's that right. Yeah, I remember that sketch. Yeah. yeah, Andrew was in that sketch too. He was. I did not say anything nice about him like that. Nah, I don't look nice <laughs> unless I'm going out. But you're five nine, really? I'm five nine. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Let's about start you? over. Let's start the whole podcast. <laughs> what else? Uh, <laughs> <Do> we <wanna laughs> uh, well, you're five nine. Uh, how how tall are you spiritually? You seem like a spiritual guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'm spiritual, kind of. You told me you meditated back in the day. Yeah, I still do. TM, Transcendental Meditation, definitely changed my life, definitely helped me with my depression and all my mental issues, uh, definitely got me out of a rut that I was definitely in, I'm using the word definitely a lot. You are, because it was definite that you were there. Well, it was definite. I was in a definite rut, and I definitely got myself out of it, and I owe it all to TM. For sure. So let's talk about this rut that you were in. Because yeah. you didn't always do comedy. No. They don't even know that you do comedy yet, but no. you do comedy. Yes, I do comedy. Yeah, the people is, for the people at home, I do comedy. Okay. You I run do. comedy. <laughs> I, I we'll leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I perform stand-up comedy mostly. I've also been doing a little bit of acting. That's why I'm rocking this mustache. Really? It's for a role. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I just thought that you bought a white van recently. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to have to report you soon. Yeah. No, this is for a role we're doing True West. Okay. For people who know that play, I'm playing Austin. And it was advised to me to grow a mustache, which I'm doing. And it's coming in great. Okay. This is a great stash. So before doing comedy, I already know the answer to this question. Yeah. But let's talk about the rut, because yeah, um, it was a while before you decided to take up comedy. Uh, before what were you doing? Well, uh, immediately, like after I graduated college, I took a job driving a cab, and that was supposed to be just a summer job, and then I just kept going and kept doing it. 
and I wound up doing it for like six years. So I was doing that before comedy. Was it like uh, what, Cab Confection, Confessions on HBO, what was it? Taxi uh, Cab Confessions. Yeah, Taxi Cab Confessions. I used to jack off to that. <laughs> was it anything like that? <laughs> there was no nudity in that show. <laughs> you just like jerk off to stories. No, that wasn't the one. That was like... There was a, and there the was stories one. usually dealt with like incestual abuse and stuff. What was the one where they used to get naked in the back of the cab? That was porn. <laughs> oh, I used to jack off to porn. Uh, okay. <laughs> back in the day? How old school of you? Jerking off to porn. It was on TV, man. <laughs> what about Cat House? Nah, I wasn't. I'm not into the bestiality, man. No, it wasn't bestiality. Come on, you know what we're talking about. What's on, H- on HBO, oh, the whorehouse that they did the documentary about. No, nah, I didn't have HBO. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't have HBO, so I, I could only do it when I was at my friend's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my thing was Cinemax. <laughs> Cinemax. Cinemax because there's like you can't see any insertion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cineplex used to jack off at ice skating. Uh, <laughs> we're not throwing that out there. Uh, no, but Cinemax is probably the reason why I like like uh, a little bit more romantic porn because I grew up on Cinemax. Like yeah. the the hardcore, I can't get down. Yeah, you need the sensuality. Yeah, yeah. I need a story. Why are you here? Why are you too fucking? Because if yeah. I don't, I need a legit reason, mm-hmm. you know. I just need a thumbnail. Really? <laughs> you need a thumbnail. I like the thumbnails they got now, where it auto plays like certain scenes, like cuts of the scenes. Like that's all I need, man. Mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna say a thumb. All you needed was a thumb. I mean, I'll give it a thumbs up if I like it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't a a sexy cab you drove. Oh. <laughs> it, it was coming full circle. Cab. It was a sexy cab, but was there taxi cab confessions? I mean, people would talk to me when I was driving. Did them. you drive at night? Yes, I drove the night shift. And this is in the city, city. This is in Long Island, not the city. Okay. Yeah. I still don't. I get it all confused. Yeah, Long Island suburban area, but it's also I drove in a town called Farmingdale, which was like half residential and half. Well, it was like a little bit residential. It was a little bit business oriented. There was like these big uh, corporations too, but it also bordered on this like kind of sleazy area. So it was like a little bit of a everything. So you were also like picking up hookers and drug dealers, but also picking up CEOs and stuff like that, and also picking up moms and dads and kids and stuff like that so you were getting like a mixed bag of just about everybody was there more than one way to pay you no um so you said you did it for seven years like it was supposed to be a summer and then it ended up seven years yeah what was that time like for you like when you're realizing like i am doing something you didn't want to do it right no how did that feel to keep going on like were you in a rut or i think yeah, I was depressed and I was in a rut and driving a cab is like one of those things where it's like you just keep showing up and you make money and you're you're not you're just like not utilizing any kind of brain or power or anything. It's just like you go there and you make money. So, I thought like maybe I could just do that for the rest of my life, basically just like, you know, go there and just go and I wasn't I had no friends. I had no nothing going on in my life so um i just kept showing up and kept doing it and i but i was getting more and more depressed as i was like doing it and uh it was like at a certain point my brain started to physically hurt from depression like i was just like you know like actually having like migraine headaches from being so miserable and i was like couldn't get rid of them so then i finally decided to start going to a therapist for that was she attractive? And the yes. reason I <laughs> very attractive. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, an attractive therapist changed my life as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She just helped me with therapy, but it, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I so more. I wish more. Uh, but no. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like? How did you finally decide to get help? 
I think I was like screaming. I was like screaming in the cab by myself because like the pain was like so intense. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know how to get out of here. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And did you, know, you try the door handle? That's <laughs> yeah. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't know how to get out of the car. <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you just like snapped one day, and so you were like, "Damn, something's something's broken. I need to go fix it." Exactly. Can I? I found a therapist. Thank you. Can I say thank you? Uh, because um, yeah. some people, when they snap at work, they tend to take it out on everyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and no bullets. one makes it home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one, one time I punched a hole in the wall in, at work, which is also like punching a hole in the wall is super easy. Especially if you live, if you work in a car. <laughs> you punch, did you punch a window? No, I was at that point. I was dispatching because that's the other thing is that uh, I was there so long they promoted me because they were like, "This guy went to college, so we'll make him dispatcher." This guy knows how to work a radio, and that was even better because, like, for somebody who like hates everything and just hates himself, I just went there and watched movies all night. So it was just like you re- literally exerted like very little to no effort in your life and just like binge watched movies and TV shows and stuff for 12 hours and got paid for it. Is it like I'm starting to miss that job? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you miss because like you want to use your brain. Like I think we all are like we'd love a job where we didn't have to think and challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then it's like when we get in there, you hate it. Yeah. Cause I've had jobs where I watch YouTube all day, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It sucks. It, it's fun for like a month. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun like for a little vacation, but for every day, it's like too much. What were your uh, your I need to change my life screams? Were they were you singing a song? Were you yodeling? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just legitimately screaming, like mm-hmm. screaming at the top of my lungs. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was that one uh, wind windhelm scream? Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. So you go to a therapist, and then what do you start doing? Because it wasn't like you just changed overnight. Like you, you didn't just show up at a comedy club the next day. I think I like was in therapy like for a full year before I started making some changes, and that was so. Um. Yeah. What did I work on in therapy? Oh no, you don't have to tell me that. It's like, right. what was like some of your, some of the small steps you took? Practical that could be universal for everybody. Right? There we go. Yeah. I think it. W- <laughs> we just had a moment. Me and Andrew had a moment. I think uh, the big thing for me was like telling somebody what my goals were in life and expressing that without it seeming crazy or out of reach and then discussing why I wanted the things I wanted and how to get them you know okay. yeah um, and then diving into you know stuff that is holding me back so you know a big thing for me is like self-criticism and afraid to put myself out there and be humiliated which is like a big part of performing is like putting yourself out there and failing over and over again. And, you know, that was a big uh, thing to uh, uh, overcome. And I think it's important for you to talk about that because if, as we know you now, like... What? Um, are you trying to tell him his mic's out? No, I'm saying that there's a lot of sound. There's a lot. Oh, me doing this? Yeah. Yeah, you're like Sorry. jacking off my Sorry, mic. Sorry, as yeah. you are vulnerable, uh, I critique you. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Okay. Uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was saying the thing is important to talk about my little mistakers out there. Yeah. Um, your process because as we know you now, you're the exact opposite. Like you're the guy that'll go out there and do a crazy ass bit. Or a weird bit. Like one of my favorite bits is your sledgehammer. I don't know how often you do that bit, but the sledgehammer and the food bit. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> this is ridiculous. 
that's not my bit. That's Gallagher's bit. And I was impersonating Gallagher oh. for an impersonation show that you were also booked on. Oh, shit. We okay. were all doing impersonations. What you went out there and you did something. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, man. One of my I... favorite bits of McNeil's is the if you are a redneck bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, you I, were Hannibal Burris. I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, but I, I agree with the sentiment. Uh, I think a lot of your bits are very over the top, and very much, um, kind of a do or die thing. Um, you don't like play what? it. You don't seem like you play it safe, very often. Um. Not just stand-up either. I'm talking improv, too. You make a lot of big, crazy choices. And uh, to me, when I look around at other performers, um, it makes them or even myself uh, feel tame and stuff. So it's, it's crazy that you went from a place of hyper-aware of criticism and afraid to just like take that jump and take that leap. And then now the, the type of performer you are strikes both of us and I'm sure like a lot of other people uh, strikes strikes us as like bold and like daring AF well thank you that's nice um, well I like big crazy stuff I like bold moves when I watch comedy so um, I'm probably very influenced by other people who do that kind of thing um I think, um, like, when I first started doing stand-up, I was, like, I was afraid to move. I was afraid to take the mic out of the stand. I was afraid to... I had postcard uh, index cards that I had written my jokes on. I couldn't project my voice or anything. And um, that was, like, you know, the first year doing it, like, every time like that, where it was, like, really embarrassing and I couldn't say like I couldn't I couldn't say things that I wanted to say and I didn't know how to say them and stuff like that and then I think at a, uh, a certain point I started getting more and more comfortable just by sheer um, volume of mics just doing it a bunch of times and just getting more and more comfortable and then um, I think uh, being over here helped because I moved from New York to here and then there was only one mic to go to at the time when I first got here and I would see the same people at the mic so it was harder to get laughs so I think I started experimenting more I think I started I did a little bit of experimenting in New York but I think I've been doing it more here and then I just started getting used to that so it's been a great experience coming here so your suggestion to my little mistakers is to pick up, move, and then experiment in a new location. Well, I would say yes, because similar to the, the cab situation, similar to any the situation that probably most people are in now, if you really want more out of life, the, the moment that you start to feel comfortable somewhere that's probably an indication to leave. <laughs> if you want to get better at something or you want bigger and better experiences because I think that once you're safe, then there's no, you're not gonna grow. You're, so it's time to take another leap. So I think it was, you know, um, that's what I found in, in my life at least. So what was your thought process as it was happening? Because you're here now and you were in the cab at one point. So what were some of your thoughts as you were, like, as you were starting to change? Like, did you just put your head down and change? Or as the years went on, you're like, oh, I'm becoming a different person. Like, how did that feel as it, you were changing? Oh, as I was changing? Yeah. So uh, l let me tell you about my experience with TM, because I like telling people. Okay, talk to so, me. So, I mean, uh, I started, I did therapy for a year. I started to feel better and better as time moved on. Um, uh, I just felt like I was processing stuff and getting stuff out of the way. And then I read this book about Andy, Andy Kaufman um, called Andy Kaufman Revealed. That's good, right? 
Ugh. <laughs> That's good on a podcast. It was uh, well, it's, uh, <laughs> it was uh, by uh, Andy Kaufman. Oh, that's what that, oh, that's what you were laughing about. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you were doing that Kaufman. too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Also died of cancer. Not so funny now, is it? <laughs> Joke, big Joker. Joker. I'm gonna go get some water. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, uh, it mentioned in the book. You know, that, um, and he's always been, like, one of my favorites. Mentioned in the book that he was super shy, like me, and, you know, TM gave him the confidence to perform. So I thought, like, oh, well, that's worth looking into. So I looked into it, and there's a book called Transcendence by Dr. Norman Rosenthal, which I gave Andrew. Got 80 pages left. There you go. There you go. And TM, what does that stand for? Transcendental Meditation. So I went to... Uh, the place and it seemed like something that I would kind of like crap on earlier but I was really interested in it and then um, I decided to I had a lot of money from cab driving quite frankly because I was like not I was making more money than I was putting out money I wasn't really buying anything and I was just like collecting cash Uh, I wish I had some some of that money still left (laughs) I don't have it but um, but I had the money um, and I, I went and I learned it. Uh, and I would say almost almost immediately, like the first week, first two weeks, I started feeling different. I started feeling, um, you know, first week was rough. First week was really rough because uh, I feel like I was more depressed than ever. I was actually getting worse. But then after that, I started feeling better and more motivated and just like not as angry and not as depressed and... Um, yeah, it just like like it, it took pretty quickly for it to stick. So, what do you do during TM? It's mantra based meditation. Okay. Um, like home? No, not oh. like that. But <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's a really simple, easy thing to do. Almost too easy, um, and it's uh, I, for me, it was worth it. It was well worth it. How many times? How many uh, minutes do you do a day? Twenty minutes twice a day. So it's forty minutes. You're always you're busy. Yeah. Well, I am busy. Well, sometimes I can't get it in. Which like lately, it's been it's been a struggle. So, but I'm like, but that's what Maharishi (laughs) Maharishi Mahashyogi, the guy who brought TM to the America, uh, the America, not. The other America, the America. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, um, he said if you can't, if you don't have that amount of time free each day, you're probably too busy. So oh. that's something to think about in terms of like canceling things out of your life. Like some things take up too much time, and you gotta be really picky about your time and like what you choose to use it for. And for me, that's always worth it. Andrew has. <laughs> well, I was gonna agree with that. Oh, okay. It's like I realized that I had so much more time in my day when Aziz got canceled. When what? Aziz Ansari got canceled. Oh, canceled, not literally. Right. No, but once that once he got canceled, like I could stop thinking about him, and that opened up a whole part of my day. Thinking about him sexually, comedically, man. Oh, comedically. What's wrong with you? Like how funny he is. Nah, just like. Comedically, man. What's he doing right now? Oh, yeah. What did he have for breakfast? What's he touring? He had yeah. a meteoric, meteoric rise. He did. He did. Which is crazy because meteors fall. So I don't get Whoa. the term. But, but well, like now he, you do get the term. Now I do. Because he fell. He fell. He fell big. Yeah. Too big to fail. But he did. How do you know when you've... Uh, you've gone too far like without meditation like is it if you punch a wall like is that your wake-up call like you've gone too far well that was the wake-up call for me to leave that job because I was just like well this isn't working for me this is not like clearly this is too aggravating and either you when you get to that point you can't blame anybody else you got to like make a choice you got to make a choice to leave your job or whatever if it's like if it's becoming that frustrating to you. It's affecting you. That's what happened to me, man. That's why I quit. I got uh, at my job. 
Oh, you're clapping for me? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Uh, I was on call, and I got called out two nights in a row in the I middle of the night. Don't know how you did it, And man. then, like, I thought I saw the customer's problem, and he's like, I want to work on something else. And it was like 3 o'clock. And I threw, I, what did I, th I threw my controller, I threw something across the room. And I was like, I'm not an angry person. What is going on? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I was like, I answered for like, what do you want? Like I was getting angry. And I was like, I'm not an angry guy. I'm not. Mm -hmm. like, I used I, to come to the apartment like seven in the morning. Like after being out partying all night and come up and be, why are you awake? <laughs> what are you doing? The customer kept me up all night. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I'm not going to let a job affect my mood. So That whole on-call system is just bullshit. They can't pay me enough again, man. Any job that wants me on call, you can't pay me enough mm. unless. Heart surgeon. No, Well, I could do heart surgery. <laughs> I, I could do that. <laughs> uh, I used to be a CNA, and I didn't mind if I was on call and getting called out. What I determined from this job is you can only wake me up in the middle of the night if a human is in trouble. Other than that. I don't care. Like, I can't care about anything else. What would they, they would like, what was your job? What was Oh, it? I was a software engineer, so somebody's oh, okay. computer system was down. So I originally took the on-call <laughs> job because I used to do on-call, I did on-call for two jobs. So I did it for as a CNA, and I would get called out to come help out if something was going on. And then I was a resident coordinator where if a student went to the hospital or something, we get called out. And I didn't mind because someone was hurt, a human was hurt. What I realized, I do not give a fuck about anybody's computer at one o'clock in the morning. I, I I can't. I don't. Yeah. What uh, you worked with the elderly, right? When you were a CNA. Yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, I don't even know at that point if like, I would be on call for the elderly, because they're already on the way out. So, nah, like, you help for younger out. people, I could see that. <laughs> but, like... On the way out of life? Yeah. Well, then, like then it's just, like, yeah. You know. nah, somebody's got to take care of them. It made me realize I never want to go to a nursing home, though. Oh, God. Never, ever. <clears throat> Put a bullet in me. I don't like the smell. I don't like the smell. It smells too sanitized and, like, clean. But that's just, like, my own issues with, like, hospitals and shit. Yeah, but if you want to have sex, that's, oh, they, the, that's the place to go. Oh, they get down. Yeah, they get down. They get down? Yeah. yeah well, you're not going to get down living with your kids. That's very true. <laughs> you got to go where all the old people are. I mean, you got to think about it this way. You're not going to get anybody pregnant. You're old. You're not getting anybody pregnant, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you do catch something, which they do, their STDs go around around old people in nursing homes, oh, yeah. it don't matter because, like you said, you're on your way out. Oh shit! Yeah. It's I hot because you're that. like sneaking around the orderlies. Yeah. Like, wait till the nurses fall asleep, and then you sneak into other people's rooms. Very true. Yeah, but then there's also the issue of like communication. You know, communication is a big part of love. <laughs> and I feel like they're from a different generation, so communicating with them might be difficult. I think we're talking about two separate things here. I'm talking about being old and having sex with other old people. You're oh, talking about having sex with old people <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. Where's your I, no, I'm yeah. not talking about that. Oh. I, I mean, you have to admit, it would be confusing if you were like, yeah, uh, throw that throw that back, make that clap. And they, they don't know what I the slang is. Even. You know, because they're from like the 40s. Right. So they're used to like, I don't know what they said back then. Throw what back? <laughs> yeah, they, they probably wouldn't wouldn't get what you're trying to say. No. But in, the, but in the old age home that we are heading to, yeah. they will because they're the same generation yeah. as ours. There's going to be an old lady one day saying some awful, awful, dirty things. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to clean up my act for old age because I want to be like the nice old guy. I don't want to. I start. I think of myself now and I'm like, am I going to be the the old guy who curses? Is the well, I think we're all going to have fucking Alzheimer's, man. Because our attention spans are so short already. Mm -hmm. Like, when our minds do start to go, mm -hmm. like, we've already trained ourselves to have, like, short, quick attention spans with, like, phones, Instagram stories, Snapchat, and all of that. When we are 80 years old, I mean, what's the... It's got to exacerbate that part of old age. 
So that's my conspiracy theory. I think Snapchat's trying to ruin us as old people. Mm-hmm. So uninstall that app. I don't have that app. <laughs> You're not a snapper? <laughs> Who does Snapchat? I don't, I know don't know if snap that's anymore. anymore. Yeah. I used to snap. <laughs> Andrew uh, still snaps. I uh, still snap, you know. <laughs> I went through all the phases. Like, I would snap, send pictures. I was a dick picker. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which Jeez. is, a, I mean, that's what the app is for. Because Snapchat? you can't save it. Oh. And you could tell if they took a screenshot of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what it's for. I don't know. But uh, how, uh, I forgot where we were at. Oh, we were talking about uh, the fact how Will uses TM. It helped him along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped him get to where he's at. So how do you feel about your, your journey so far? I feel pretty good. I like where I am in life. I like where I like what the future has in store. I like uh, I like life in general. I, I have a pretty good time for the most part. So, what suggestion would you have for someone that is in a similar spot where they aren't happy with where they are currently at? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> like someone who's like stuck in a rut or something. Yeah, a little mistaker who is basically yeah. 21-year-old Will or 24-year-old Will. Some some advice, I guess, trust your instinct. Try to follow your instinct and not wait too long to make choices, tough choices. Um, if you're not happy, you should probably examine why you're not happy and try to figure out a way out of it it's hard it's easier said than done because obviously it's like hard to leave stuff it's hard to you know once you're comfortable somewhere it's hard to leave but you know uh, I think uh, everyone deserves to be happy you know right I don't know yeah I mean I guess like just uh, you need help don't be afraid to ask for help, and you probably should. I think uh, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out things on my own, and it's just impossible. You just can't figure it out on your own. So try to get help from people, professionals, okay, real people. Real not, people. Yeah, not your friends. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't help you. Okay, not your friends, so okay. Yeah, they, they rarely help. All right. Oh, that, what, what's some mistakes you made along the way while trying to figure it out? I think, uh, well, one mistake I made, I told you on the, the original the original podcast. That, that doesn't exist. Yeah, that doesn't exist. I got thrown out. You know, I had the opportunity to work for the circus. I didn't take it. You know, that sucked. Why didn't you end up taking it? <laughs> because, because I hesitated. So, I mean, like, I waited too long. I was scared to do it, and I probably should have done it. It would have been a good experience for me. You and had the job offer? I got the job offer. I, I had always joked about traveling with the circus and working for them. And then I actually got that job offer. And then I just waited too long. And they gave it away. So I should have taken that. Because that would have got me out of the cab job in like four months instead of six years. And I would have, I don't know, learned how to... I mean, the circus is a horrible place and it probably shouldn't exist anymore. But it would have been cool to learn how to like set up a fucking tent can we curse yeah okay oh well I, let's do this whole thing over <laughs> oh you haven't been cursing no oh no this is we're off the radio now we've evolved oh you don't do the radio version anymore i no i don't oh man i could have said anything yeah titties yeah uh, balls uh you could have learned how to juggle that was my dream was that I would go to the circus and then these clowns would like take me under their wing and teach me clown stuff. Clowns are the worst human beings on the planet, not to generalize, but they are horrible, horrible people. They are drunk and they are belligerent. So I don't think that they would have <laughs> took me under their wing, but that was my dream that I'd learn how to like walk a tightrope and do things like that. And I just hesitated. So now I, I don't have that life experience that I'm about. Alternatively, maybe I could have gotten killed or other th- horrible things would have happened to me while Become I was... Batman sidekick. That... <laughs> Batman forever. <laughs> yeah. You've been robbing. Yeah. His parents died. Exactly. In the, no. Yeah. Everybody died. Exactly. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, I forgot about that part of Batman Forever. Who is this? Was that the um, Val Kilmer one? Yeah. Yeah. Val Kilmer. The worst Batman, I'll just say. He was. He was the worst Batman. Clearly. Clooney wasn't great. No, he wasn't. Clooney had nipples on his bat suit. That's not Clooney's fault. <laughs> that, I can't blame Clooney for that one. Unless he, maybe it is his fault. He requested. Maybe he requested. <laughs> That's yeah. what I heard. Um, oh, really? Hot take. And Poison Ivy was great, though. She was good. She was good. Man. I liked her. Yeah. Was that Uma Thurman? Who was that? Yeah, it was Uma Thurman. That okay. was Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench. Are we both wrong? Are we wrong? <laughs> was that Umar Thurman? No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Dench is like an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> Judy Greer? Judy Greer. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't know you were trying out for the circus. I didn't try out for the circus. I had a job. I, I got the job offer not to work as a performer in the circus, but to work as, like, the guy shoveling pig shit and elephant shit. Like, I was going to shovel elephant shit. That would have been a great thing for me in my life. At the time. Like, that's why it's like, it's good to, it's like, how many lives do you want to live? You only got one life, right? And I, like, I do regret, you know, I don't know, no regrets, but I mean, like, I do regret that a huge, a big chunk of my life, six years, was devoted to this one thing that I wasn't really that interested in. Versus... I could have just left early and done this other thing, which would have been a risk. And I didn't do it because somebody said, like, you might get killed, which is, like, highly unlikely. But I got scared. I used to fear death a lot. I feel like you got good legs. You could have run away from it. What do you think about this? I mean, like, I'm, I'm sitting more provocatively as this goes on. I'm, like, really presenting myself right now. Making me uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, we're human mistakes is trying to go legit, which means we're yeah. going to get an HR department soon. So, oh, uh, well, then you don't want to be. Reported. You shouldn't be shaming me for what I wear. <laughs> Otherwise, I report you to the HR department. Very true. I just noticed that was a sprinkler room over there. Because there's nothing wrong with what I'm wearing. <laughs> it's just shorts. Who's going to be in charge of HR, Andrew? Tara. <laughs> okay. Tara. Yeah, we're going to find someone to Who's run Tara? our HR. Uh, she's a friend of ours who is objective and will keep. <laughs> OG coach Tara. Yeah, she used to coach us. Oh, Tara Reed. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Say full names. Uh, that was interesting. What? What? Uh, what company? Big Apple. Big Apple Circus. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm gonna send you a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah the uh, the history of circuses in America. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We we take strong stances on this podcast. Do you want us to say fuck circuses? Well, circuses probably shouldn't exist anymore because of what they do to animals. I think everything else that they do is pretty cool, but you know, the the way they treat animals has never been very good. But uh, it's dangerous to the public, and it's dangerous to the public. Yeah, because what it, what they do a big thing of what they do is say one one of the tigers right gets out and kills an audience member. What they'll do is they will change that tiger's name uh, and then sell it to another circus as a different tiger instead of putting it down. It's the same thing they do with um, like orcas and shit uh, in zoos that like kill trainers and stuff no. they'll just change the name and sell it as a different different one. Oh what? my god yeah wow and I, I mean can we take a stand against circuses and the treatment of animals I'm very very for that humor mistakes no longer support circuses that mistreat animals All we right. will never do business with them ever we'll put that's <laughs> on the that's big 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 facts. Exactly. Do you have a sponsor for this? Uh, I do. What is it? I can't say it out loud right now. You can't say your own sponsor? <laughs> the, the, pay, the paperwork isn't done yet. The paperwork is not complete yet. Oh, okay, but you're getting it, there. Yeah. Is it have anything to do with stamps? 
stamps. No, no he's right. talking about stamps.com. Which yeah, is, that's a that's a very popular podcast oh, sponsor. We'll bleep that out because that's <laughs> on, that's we can't give them you fl- can free publicity. You, yeah, that's, you, uh, you can say whatever company you want. That's a viable target for a sponsor. Yeah, we like stamps. Is this podcast brought to you by the uh, Me Undies? No, not no, yet. Not yet. <laughs> Goosebumps, the book series. We wish. I wish. Um, we, one day we'll be brought to you by uh, Reading Rainbow. Oh, yeah, Reading Rainbow. Yeah. That was a good show. We, we want kids to read. We encourage that. Very important. <laughs> and Ciroc. <laughs> and Ciroc? Yeah. Yeah. What's we that? want vodka. Yeah. Oh, we're sp- oh, we're yeah. putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All the people we want to be sponsored by. Mm-hmm. Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. It's Marvel. Hmm. It's Disney, Marvel. Disney's Marvel. Not not yeah. Disney, but Marvel exclusively. Yeah. I'm saying it's Disney's Marvel. Well, they own the MCU. Yeah. Oh, they don't know, own all of Marvel? No. No. Yeah, because I think they <laughs> just bought the X-Men. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they own every single character. Not yet. Yeah. I don't think they own Blade yet. No. So we're sponsored by Blade. I did just read they're gunning for a, a Blade reboot with with Mr. Snipes. With Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Wow. Everyone's on board. It's just not really. It's in pre-pre-production. Poor, poor Wesley Snipes. He got he got fucked by the tax man. He did. Yeah. Got to pay your taxes. You got to pay your taxes. You got to do it. <laughs> so what was it like first getting on stage? Like, how did you first do that? Did you just decide, I want to do an experiment? How did you figure out it was comedy? I'm trying to remember. I don't, um, I, so I did it, I did it, like, from 22 to 27, or 22 to 26. I would go up once, and then I would bomb and then I just wouldn't do it for another year. So I just kept doing it once a year and just get scared and then just not do it again. And then I think 26, 27 around there, probably 27, I just started going once a week. Like that was my steady regimen. I'd go once a week to an open mic, yes. What was the, was it a specific open mic in New York? Um, I'm trying to, I don't, I think Broadway Comedy Club was the one I kept going to and it was a room about the size of this room which is not that big because they had open mics at Broadway Comedy Club but they would have it in the back by the ice machine and it was a very very small room so stakes were low and I just kept going to that one that was one that I kept going to was that like a comics open mic yeah. Oh, they're all comics open mics, pretty much. What do you mean? Like the whole audience is comics. I mean, I not not until I came here did I find a lot of open mics where regular people would attend. Mostly, it's always just comics. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever work your way up to a book show up there? I was starting to before I came down here. Okay. Um, I had a couple of, like, one time I got a paid gig at um, a hotel, which was cool. I didn't do well. I bombed the whole way through. Um, And then I started to get a little bit of bookings, but um, not that much. And then I came here. Okay. And how do you feel now that you've gotten here? You've gotten here. You've been doing comedy a while. How did you feel about being in a new spot doing comedy? Because you were fairly new to being consistent doing comedy. Yeah, I've been doing it. I guess two or two or three years before coming down here. And um, this was a really. I mean, like it's been. Uh, it's gotten better for me because it was hard in the beginning. I didn't have a car and couldn't really get around and I didn't really know the area or anything like that. Um, 
<coughs> and the pit wasn't open yet. So, um, but then once the pit got open and once I was able to move around a little bit, I mean, when the pit got open, able to go up a bunch of times because of the amount of mics and stuff we were doing, just able to go up a lot more than usual. So that was good. Okay. And uh, is that is that your question? Yeah, I was just I trying think, to see yeah. how how it felt to to be doing something and just starting to get the swing of it, and then coming to a new new location. Yeah, and then um, uh, it it was kind of hard to uh, be acquainted with a whole new group of people. So. Um, and also, you kind of think if you're in one place for a very long time, maybe your material or the stuff you're doing is very specific to the people who are around you, and then you're trying it in a different area completely. And so that was, it's been, that's been a good experience to, uh, for that. Okay. I guess. You guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of I trailed off at the end. Well, no, no, I, I think that, like, I'm always trying to get my Little Mistakers. By the way, how do you feel about the name Little Mistakers? It, I, the name did not exist when you were on the original podcast. Well, now that you're on, just, you're off the radio, you should call them fuck-ups. <laughs> little fuck-ups? Little fuck-ups. Oh. Yeah. That's, I want them to be fuck-ups. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My little fuck-ups. Right. Am I insulting them with little fuck-ups? Well, no more than mistakers, right? Yeah, I guess they're making mistakes, but you make fuck ups too. What oh, do you okay. feel about little my little fuck ups? I am up for. I like the sound of both, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like maybe you could use both. Yeah, um, use both. I read a quote today. I forgot who it was oh. by. That said, "When people are neutral, they're taking the side of the bad guy." Oh shit! <laughs> I like. All right. Actually, actually, it was in the training that I, that I took. <laughs> wow! You're neutral. You're taking the side of the bad guy. I plead yeah. the fifth. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I took a, a training. It was like a youth protection training. YPT. And it was saying that if you're a bystander by watching youth getting abused, then you're on the side of the abuser. Yeah. So that's why I saw that quote. Okay. All right, well, I'll take a side then. I like little mistaker. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like. I feel like you've been running with it for a while, and uh, if you keep jumping ship and you're indecisive about it, then it's not gonna catch on. You're right. So uh, I guess I'm the villain. You are. <laughs> I mean, we could debate about it right now. I'll tell you why I don't like a little fuck up. Why? Because it reminds me of my grandfather. He was a fuck up. No, he used to call me a little fuck up. Oh, oh. God. Yeah, you don't want to use abrasive language. What's with your grandfather? What's his deal? Uh, well, you know, he had a lot of issues. With? You know, just like stuff all people had issues. He had a lot of built-up hatred from Hitler because he fought Hitler. With his fists? In the <laughs> war. Bar. No, man, in the war. He, he fought Hitler in the war? Well, he was on... He, he fought wasn't, Adolf Hitler. He wasn't on the side of Hitler in the war. As well. I missed that one part in the history book where one guy managed <laughs> to get inside Hitler's house and fight him. Uh, he did not fight Hitler. <laughs> he was a sailor. He was in the Navy. Oh, he was a okay. sailor. Yeah, he was so on So he boats. sailed his way to Hitler. <laughs> well, I don't know what he really did, but he, he was a very angry old man. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Hitler looked like he could fight. So I don't. Do know. you think so? I don't yeah. think he does. You can't be. I would not fuck with Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I I would definitely would fuck with. He Hitler. took over Europe, bro. <laughs> but he's short and he's scrawny. He's I not would, a tough person. He doesn't I, look like a very intimidating guy. I would say that because those type of people you have to try once. So I like to say like when he was taken over, someone was like, "All right, let's go just beat up Hitler, keep him from doing this." And somebody in his party got their ass whooped, and they were like, "All right, part Hitler's the real deal," you know. I would still fight Hitler out of obligation to society and history if I had the chance. But honestly, like I looked at his fist, I think Hitler can throw a punch. It's it, and it's about perception too, right? Because the guy you don't want to fuck with 
It's like if you ever see somebody at a bar getting yelled at by another dude and the dude does not get up and start yelling back, mm-hmm. the dude who's sitting down is probably about to fuck that other guy up because mm. it's just body language and shit. Right. And I feel like height doesn't matter. It's all about what's inside. Hitler had a lot inside of that guy. Mm-hmm. You know? I've imagined this scenario a bunch of times and I always lose the fight. You know, yeah. Just in case a time machine was invented and one person was chosen to go back to stop Hitler, mm-hmm. I would hope it was not myself. I wouldn't want to fist fight Hitler. I would. What about the pressure? Yeah. The yeah. pressure? The whole... A whole world watching me fight Hitler. Yeah, they're yeah. depending on you. And you're only 5'9". <laughs> shorter than 5'9", that's for sure. I wonder what his actual height was. We can look that up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if oh, we wanted to. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. What is Hitler's height? But, um... But little fuck-ups is, is abrasive language. It, it's strong language, right? I thought you were going for like WTF, what the fuckers kind of thing. Oh yeah, they are called what the fuckers. Yeah, little mistakers. <laughs> Just saying, little mistakers. I've now decided that it, whenever I want someone to make a decision, I'm going to say the sentence that I said. You listen, if you play neutral, you're on the side of the enemy. Right. Yeah. Some reindeer game shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> was this interesting at all? I feel I, I. Is this the format of the show? Yeah, we're playing Let's with the format. Let's devote a little time to insecurity and and me feeling that this is probably not one of your best episodes. Why is you it, say that? What, what is the best episode you've had so far? He's done this all three times. He's done my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have. I always think. I, well, this is another skill I have to build up is being a good guest on a podcast because I don't think I'm a good guest. So so far, this is uh, terrible. So I'll tell you what has happened. Uh, recently, I had Andrew on, and I got a lot of feedback saying that me and Andrew clicked very well. Yeah. From from friends, from people who just messaged me and said it went really well. So I'm working on seeing if Andrew and I can co-host, because he was a guest that day. Right. So I'm trying to see if we can co-host. So I'm dropping every single one I record. So this will be dropped. But it's also... Oh, <laughs> but, no, no, no. but I think it went well. Like, we're trying something new, and part of... My goal with humor mistakes is the documentation of the prog- progress as well. So I wish I'd released some of the earlier episodes, which I still have, actually. I might release them one day. But I want to show the progress of my growth with interviewing as well. To show someone like three years from now, like, oh, me and Will did this episode, and let's see how it went. And you can listen to it and the growth. So all of this is growth. It's okay. documentation. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, all three of us are messing around. All three With of new, us, are new, new, new things. Yeah, yeah, we're trying new things. Yeah, we're trying new things. Yeah. I'm trying to see how I laid because I was very strict with how I interviewed people before, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to see if a more laid back approach with a little bit more bits, how that works. And if it doesn't work, then I'll go to I'll I'll play with the spectrum of strict to bit. Gotcha. You know, right now we're we're bitting it up. I'm we're very bitty today. Yeah. You're very bitty today. Yeah. I am on like on the spectrum of bits. Like I'm way over like maximum bit right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like at an eleven with bits. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, but if anything, I yeah. did, I learned uh I learned quite a bit about you, actually. I know. Which was, going out to the universe. Which was interesting and good. So And the little mistakers will or little fuck ups, I'm still, I'm still, it's still in the decision making process. We're mm-hmm. going to take it. We're going to go to HR, see if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Fuck ups is better because it's there's a K. There's a K in mistake too, Shut man. <laughs> I am very hesitant about K's as a black man. I want to try to <laughs> limit the number of K's that I see. Um, they, uh, they. I always hated the letter K growing up. Like, I w- didn't even like writing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the least popular letter. Yeah. <laughs> if you poll black people, K would be <laughs> the letter they do not like the most. <laughs> That's a good bit. <laughs> it is. You should write that. <laughs> I should write that bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but, yeah. I think that this has been a good episode. 
I really do. They learned that you had severe depression. But what the, was the best episode? <laughs> 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 it's been a good episode. We learned you hated yourself. Uh, the one with me and Andrew was really good. That's the best one. I uh, like Henry was I good. I like Henry's and Chad's too. Yeah. Henry and, and Chad. Chad. Chad was number one. Yeah. Was Chad the was the number one, one episode. The best episode. Or in the first Ward. one that I Chad dropped. Ward. Yeah. Best episode. Yeah. Of humor and mistakes. Yeah. You don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you're, not, you're not an avid listener. I heard Amber. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hers was good. good. It's like from three years ago. Yeah. Uh, Amadio's was. I liked Amadio's I, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they range. As long as the, the the sample size keeps growing up as we're growing, we're getting better. That's all that matters. Rossi's was good too. Rossi's was good. Rossi. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know yeah. Rossi. And I, I now and either. now we're gonna say Will's was good. Yeah. Will's was good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. Uh, yeah. What would make well, you feel better about yeah, it? Yeah. What would make me feel better? I don't know. I think I'm a bad guest. Why? I don't know. I mean, well, I I don't know because I I don't I don't I, I don't particularly like talking. I think that's my big problem. What do you think makes a good guest? Someone who does like talking. So, I like listening. I like listening to people who like to talk. Do you want to be a good guest? <laughs> Why are you taking your pants off? <laughs> uh, but I feel like uh, there are introverted little mistakers slash fuck ups out there yeah. who maybe want to be on a podcast one day and they hear Will and now they go out to their local podcast oh, and sign up. Chrissy Mayer. She was good. She was, good. <laughs> she was. She was a good guest. I yeah. liked that one because I never met her. Yeah. So, like, it was. That was a good growth one for me, too, because it was someone I had no interaction with at all. Mm. So that was like a milestone for me. You're getting... Uh, it's fun to follow your interview skills as it gets better and better. You're Thank a good you. interviewer. I appreciate that. Better than some people. <laughs> I'm not... This guy. I'm not an interviewer, bro. I'm an interviewee. You know what I'm saying? I got that double E. <laughs> <laughs> No, Andrew had a good podcast. I don't know what happened. I talked. I liked it. Me too. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back one day. Maybe. Yeah. We wish for it. Talking cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, you can decide whether or not this podcast is great with your next three sentences. What are you leaving the people with? Uh, what do you currently got going on? And then what is the final sentence that they need to hear to sum up Will P. What, poor. what is this? So this is This is your summary. This, this is, is my summary? Yeah. You're um, telling the people what you got going on, like shows, um, current creative endeavors, and then leave them with the final sentence. So what I have currently going on is an Doing a lot of shows at the pit here, Pit Chapel Hill, 462 West Franklin, thepit-chapelhill.com. Doing a lot of shows here at the pit. We're doing True West. Uh, We're doing uh, a lot of improv shows, stand-up shows, things like that. Uh, You all right, buddy? You going to throw up? He's taking a selfie. Um, And then what's the other thing? Uh, just your final sentence. Like, what do you want to wrap up with? Don't dream it, be it. Bam! It's from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, was humor in mistakes, where we take pleasure in hearing about people's mistakes and finding humor in those <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> We're out. Drew Gleasy, McNeil, Will, peace out. <laughs>